You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Have you ever been thrown into a Sarlacc pit? And while you were being digested slowly over a thousand years, you asked yourself, what am I doing with my life? Well, if you've asked that question, then you've found the right podcast. Welcome to Systematic Geekology, episode 24, the Boba Fett character dive episode. We're glad that you are here. We are the priests to the geeks. And by priests, we don't necessarily mean that we're all ordained, but rather what we're doing with systematic ecology is that we are uh, mediators or bridge builders or these kind of um, folks who are called to mediate between what we geek out on and geek culture and how to process that, process that in our lives uh, through theology and philosophy and the deeper questions. So we're glad that you are here. Again, this is not a Trojan horse or some kind of trap. It's a trap, TJ. It's a trap. Uh, it's not a trap. It's not a trap at all. It's uh, just authentic geeks having geeky conversations and thinking on the deeper questions that we're all asking as human beings. I am Will Rose. I'm a parish uh, Lutheran pastor in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and super stoked to be a part of the Systematic Ecology host squad. And... Um, yeah, one of my favorite geek things and geek franchise is Star Wars. So happy to be a part of this episode. Yeah, and I am TJ Blackwell. Uh, I don't hold any real position of power in any churches, but I do co-host the whole church podcast, uh, if that counts, over uh, on, you know, wherever you're listening to this, probably. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I'm a pretty big Star Wars guy as well. Uh, always have been. But super excited to get into this today. Always love yeah. Boba Fett. So, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check out um, Whole Church, fantastic um, podcast, and and how I got to know TJ way back when. Um, but yeah, yeah, I'll, I have a confession to make too. Yeah, my Star Wars is is my main geek fr- franchise. It's is what I first as a five year old. One of the first movie theaters I saw. One of the first movies I saw in the theater was was A New Hope as as a five year old. I'm probably dating myself there, but but it's the first thing I can uh, really remember as a kid and a child. Something really captivating my imagination and geeking out hard with, and so. Uh, and Boba Fett is one of my favorite all-time characters. And so as I make this confession, I will say that, yeah, this is a little close to my identity. And I do at times um, fall victim of slipping into the dark side of toxic fandom when it comes to thinking about Star Wars and the movies and what could be done and what should be done. And same way with Boba Fett. Over the years, I've tried to relax a little bit and and uh, be realistic about that. Uh, but, but yeah, I have a deep love uh, for Star Wars and for these characters, and glad we can talk about one of my favorite uh, characters in the franchise. TJ, what was the first Star Wars movie that that you saw, whether in the theater or on TV or whatever? What's the first movie you saw? So <clears throat> we didn't go to the theaters a whole lot when I was a kid, uh, but man, did we buy DVDs. And it may not have been the first one I watched, but the first Star Wars movie I remember watching was Attack of the Clones. Okay. Okay. Which, you know, not a great one to start with, uh, <laughs> but I cannot tell you how many times I watched Jango Fett get his head cut off. <clears throat> Probably more than most people. <laughs> 
well, yeah, and and then you have the image of uh, kid kid Boba holding that helmet or the head. Is it the head or the helmet? Is the head still in the helmet? We don't know, but he's holding it, and we're like, wow, uh, that's traumatic, and he's that's probably going to carry out with some of his actions later on in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. So that's that's where I started. Then I played uh, Star Wars Battlefront Two and Knights of the Old Republic, and I was like, you know what? I kind of like this Star Wars thing. And then I went through and properly watched all the movies and all that stuff. And I was probably like seven at that point. Cool. Cool. Yeah. My, my first movie was Star Wars, a new hope. And then my first one, I mean, the first movie that I just truly loved and couldn't wait to see again or to the build up is the empire strikes back is my all time favorite Star Wars movie, just because it just hit at that sweet spot when I was eight years old and had all the action figures and I couldn't wait to see what would happen next. in in this franchise and the storyline and, and, and so uh, a, a character that was introduced uh, into Star Wars in 1980 uh, was Boba Fett in The Empire Strikes Back. That was kind of his um, main movie uh, appearance. But we'll talk a little bit about his history. And, you know, we're not going to try to geek-splain all of this uh, because you can find on on Disney Plus a, a great special on kind of his history and where he emerged and how he popped up and, and how he emerged into the Star Wars storyline even before he made it onto the big screen. And so we do invite you to go watch that show. We'll talk a little bit about that here. And then we know there's a big, the reason we're talking about him now is there's a, a pretty big um, TV series coming out called the book of Boba Fett coming out right around the corner, right after Christmas before new years. And we'll be talking about those episodes and that TV show on systematic geology in the future. But we just wanted to do kind of a character dive and talk about Boba Fett and where he came from and where he's going and kind of our, our what we love about him or what is kind of the cautionary tale behind Boba Fett. So we'll, we'll do that today. TJ, um, did you know, did you know before this podcast that Boba Fett started off as a character in a parade or perhaps in a cartoon or in a mail-in rebate where you could get his action figure for free if you just mailed in this little thing you cut off on the back of a of a <laughs> action figure box. So uh, I did know about the parade, uh, but that is that's the only one I knew about. I, I've just heard so many people complain that Boba Fett was in a parade before he was in any of the movies. It's just so funny to me that that would happen. <laughs> I've never been able to forget it. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, and they talk about that in the Disney Plus special about kind of the history of Boba Fett. But but his first appearance um, was in the legendary, infamous uh, 1978 holiday special that even George Lucas himself has distanced himself from. It is, it is one of the um, infamous works of Star Wars. I remember as a kid sitting there with a bowl of popcorn, can't wait to see Star Wars on the TV. I, I don't remember much about it, uh, but I can't imagine what my parents were thinking of when they were watching me watch this thing on TV. The full thing is on YouTube. If you want to go back and watch it, it's, it's um, so awful and so bad it's good. Like it's the true. first 10 minutes, first 10 minutes are basically Wookiee talk with no subtitles. And you're like, what in the world is going on here? But uh, within within this holiday special, 
you get a cartoon feature that introduces Boba Fett. And um, the cartoon is kind of cool. Like you won't ever find the holiday special on Disney Plus, but you will find that like eight minute or seven minute cartoon. They did put that on Disney Plus just because it introduced the character of, of Boba Fett. And there's a, you know, you there is this bounty hunter. You don't know if he's good or bad. Um he says, I am Boba Fett. And you're like, wow, that, that happened. Um, so that's where he kind of emerged in, in the world. And then, you know, as a kid, as I shared with you, I, I got all the action figures. I couldn't get enough of the toys and the action figures. And, and before the Empire Strikes Back came to the theaters, there was this mail-in rebate on the back of these action figure boxes that you could cut out and, and mail off, and they will send you a Boba Fett action figure. Now, we had no idea who he was or his place uh, in the Star Wars universe, what his role was going to be. We knew he kind of looked like a stormtrooper, but he wasn't a stormtrooper. So who is this guy? We just mailed this off and we got the action figure back. I wish I had kept it in a box on its own because if we have kept it in its, the box it came in, it'd be thousands upon thousands of dollars in collectibles. But I wore the paint off that thing because I played with it so much and, and still have it at my house. Like I, I love that little action figure. And, and, and again, we didn't know who he was and we made up these stories in our head and, and speculated who he could be. Um, and then the movie came out and he shows up in the empire Strikes back in this lineup of bounty hunters when Darth Vader is on the hunt for Skywalker, on the hunt for the Millennium Falcon. And he looks at all this kind of cast of, of bounty hunters. And there, the one he specifically looks at out of all the, those bounty hunters, he looks at um, Boba Fett specifically and says, uh, no disintegrations. <laughs> Bring him back alive, and that that's a little Easter egg. Come back around for for the Mandalorian later on down the road. But um, but yeah, it was so cool. And then we saw his ship, the Slave One, fly off and follow the Millennium Falcon out of that trash heap off to Cloud City. You're like, wow, what's going on? So so there was his story. I don't know how many words he he actually says. He's a silent, strong type. He doesn't say a whole lot. His screen time isn't a whole lot. But you knew. He was someone to be reckoned with and a bounty hunter that that uh, means business. And he got the job done. Oh, yeah. He was he was that guy. Definitely. From from the start. Like you didn't you didn't need a whole lot of context clues really to tell you that uh, he just looked the coolest. He looked the coolest out of all of them. Didn't say much like, wow, who is this guy? Um, well, then, then after the Empire uh, ends with that big cliffhanger from Darth Vader and Luke and Han frozen in carbonite and being taken away on the Slave One, what could happen next? Well, we knew there was another movie, Return of the Jedi comes, and, and there is Boba Fett. There is Boba Fett in Jabba's palace overseeing uh, uh, the party going on and keeping watch over a frozen Han. And, and we were like, what is, what is the rest of his story? What's going to happen with him? Well, you know, as cool as he was brought into the universe there in that movie, I will share my humble opinion that he kind of went out like a punk. He was kind of a comic relief. He was there for a little bit. You thought he meant business. He was battling Luke with his uh, lightsaber and Han still blind from uh, hibernation sickness, uh, just turns the wrong direction and hits the jetpack, and there goes Boba Fett falling into the Sarlacc pit. Mm-hmm. And with a comedic burp, that was the end. That was yep. all. 
That's where, you know, I don't, when, I don't know when you saw that scene, TJ, or what your reaction to that was, or if you knew that was coming or what was going on, but I, I thought it was so funny. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was hilarious. Cause I was like eight. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Like I, I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. And like, <laughs> it is kind of pathetic. Like they hype up his armor so much mm. and then he dies to a creature that is technically more plant than animal. Right. So, right. It's well, kind of tough. Yeah, and then, so then then you have you know that's that's the end for Boba Fett, or is it? And and then he and then you find out, like you said, your your first movie that you saw, the Star Wars movie that you saw, Attack of the Clones. Uh, we come to find out that his his dad, or he's a clone of his dad, and and really he's the genetic archetype of like all of the clones. And so there's a deeper story there. You get more of the Boba Fett story. And, and we were sharing a little bit offline that, you know, that there are these books, these legends books. So even before the prequels, or I don't know how they fall in, in the, in the timeline of the prequels, but even before the clone wars and the cartoons and the animated series, you did have these legends, these books that were put out there written by different authors that, that shared that, that Boba Fett did survive, uh, that he survived the Sarlacc pit and um, and lived to to live and and do more bounty hunting or revenge in another day. And TJ, you said you read you read those books. Were familiar with them? Yeah, yeah. I've read. Uh, I know I haven't read the Boba Fett specific books in a very long time uh, because I got more attached to the Old Republic era, uh, which is fantastic. But right. uh, yeah, no, they're it's just awesome. Because some author somewhere agreed with most of us and was like, he's he's too cool to die that way. <laughs> like he, yeah, he actually crawled out of the Sarlacc pit and then crawled across the desert and survived because he's, yeah. he's that tough. And they just go through like, yeah, he comes back and he's mad. Yeah, he, there's more. more it's time to kill to Han tell. Solo. Yeah, there you go. Revenge. So, so he, you know, he like all fan favorite favorites, even in the in in geek franchise and comic books, it's hard for any popular characters to stay dead for too long. You kill them off, you bring them back. You find a cool way to bring them back, um, that kind of thing. So, um, and I do think the book of Boba Fett's gonna hopefully we'll talk more about what we hope for that TV series in a little bit, but we'll, we'll answer some of those questions and p- probably pull in some of those stories uh, in, in the legend books, but. You know, in terms of his place in the universe, I think, you know, his backstory is his cool helmet uh, emerging from a parade. You can get some of those uh, stories on on the Disney Plus special. But but yeah, he he has connections to the Mandalorian. He he has a long history of being a bounty hunter in the universe. He's a the strong silent type He's the most feared. He 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 died in kind of a weird way, but then they were able to find ways to tell his his story again. Um through these animated series and the Clone Wars and uh, books and novels. And then again, he shows up in the Mandalorian where people kind of freaked out. I know I was when I saw the slave one, when I saw him reemerge, how can you tell a Mandalorian story with that Mandalorian armor and helmet without uh, the most famous Mandalorian or he's not really a Mandalorian, but he had definitely donned the, the outfit right. uh, of all uh, Boba Fett. Right. I uh, I just I really have always loved the fact and by always, I mean, for like the past 10 years or whatever, that uh, they just came up with Mandalorian 
way, way after uh, Boba Fett. Or like, well, we already said Boba Fett's just a dude. He's a clone of another guy. He can't be Mandalorian. We're just going to say he stole their armor. But we definitely <laughs> want more of these guys. Right. And like right. people don't know that. People don't know that he wasn't like the first Mandalorian. They just thought he should, there should be someone else with this armor. It should be a race of people with this armor because they already shot it down for clone troopers. <laughs> right. Like, right. Let's make it a race. Let's make it a whole Let's race. Let's make it a race. And I, and I do admire that Star Wars, they'll have these Easter eggs. They'll, 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 they'll float this mystery out. They'll share just a, just a brief aspect to a person's character and story, knowing that they could pick that, pick that theme up later on um, in a future story or future movie or TV series or anime series or comic book or, or novels. Uh, there are some times in the movies that I wish they expand a little bit more because that's what I'm there to see. But, but kind of sometimes throwaway lines can be uh, an entire series, an entire franchise unto itself. Like I remember seeing a new hope and, and Luke asking, you fought with my, uh, asking Obi-Wan, you fought with my father in the, in the Clone Wars. Uh, and you're like, wow, Clone Wars. What is that? That's a, that's a phrase. Um, what, do, what do you mean by that? And then here, here you go. That, that is a whole series unto itself that builds upon um, that storyline. So, so even Boba Fett, even the small characters that are introduced, you're like, I like that character. I wish they did more with it. Just hold on. They may do that later on, whether oh, yeah. it's a book or, or a comic book or, or TV series. Yeah. Now that Disney's got a hold of it, there's no telling how far he'll go. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, as, as we talk about, about Boba Fett, um, so many cool backstory stuff and, and a long history of, of how he emerged, you know, and his origins from his dad and getting the armor and becoming the most feared uh, bounty hunter in the, uh, uh, in the star Wars franchise. Um, but really kind of what we talk about now, you, you can find all those things. We're going to explain it all is out there, but, but really kind of the, what I wanted to talk about in this episode a little bit is how he can be kind of a cautionary tale of toxic fandom. You know, TJ, I don't know if you know this, but not only in, in the church or in politics, uh, but, but within geekdom, within fandoms, there can also be kind of toxicity in a sense of, of people taking things too far and really ranting and raving over message boards. Oh, yeah. No, I've seen it. It doesn't get as bad for Star Wars as it does for some other uh, properties because <laughs> I've seen some wild things said to authors of, uh, you know, certain manga or creators of certain anime. Right. That's a whole other level. But Star Wars is like Star Wars and Star Trek are like the classic angry nerd. Mm. Like, I can't believe they, you know, didn't do this. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and as I said before, I make my confession that uh, I've definitely gone that route in, in certain times. And even with the sequel trilogy and the prequel trilogy and why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? It would have been so much cooler if they had done that. And and I think Boba Fett can be kind of that that example or cautionary tale or kind of an icon that points to a larger issue of in terms of what we do with our fandom and where we direct our emotions and, and anger and our hopes and dreams for a particular character. I, I, I know I felt that way, you know, as a kid, I played with the action figure Boba Fett and I dreamt up all these cool things in my head of who he could be or couldn't be. And, and then empire came out and I was like, man, what a, 
what a cool movie. I still don't know that much about him, but still what a cool character. And then when he went out the way he did and uh, Return of the Jedi, I was like, man, how disappointing is that? And and I think um, how he's been dealt with over the years, they filled in some backstory, they brought him back. But but man, what what do we do with our expectations as geeks? What do we, how do we handle when our expectations aren't met or if they're intentionally subverted by a franchise or uh, the, what, what do we do with that energy? What do we do with how we feel? It's not like we're not allowed to have our opinions because that's of course, or, or speculate or dream about stories. Uh, but what do we do with, with our expectations when they aren't met? Right. Well, for me personally, uh, I always to myself think, oh, that's cool. That's not what I would have done. But it's also not my story. Hmm. But if it's too bad, I might just pretend that my thing happened anyway. <laughs> and right. just pretend it happened my way and just go with that because that makes it a lot easier and it doesn't affect anyone else. Right. Right. Let your own head, head cannon, um, tell the story and, and lean into to what you got, you know? I, and, and I think you're right. It's like, I, there are times when I have to remind myself, look, I'm not in the writing room. I'm not employed by Disney. I, they, they, or, or whoever's writing the franchise, uh, as well as I think as I, I, I should be, let me, let me sit and relax and see, hear the story, what they're going to tell. And if it's not my type of story, if they didn't do what I want to do, oh well, this is the story they told and, and we'll see what happens later on. Cause there are, times when things get reconned or rebooted or, or taken another direction. If you're unhappy tomorrow, there might be something cool that, that happens later on down the road. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if it, it really upsets you that much, I think sometimes it just is the healthiest option to just back away. Yeah. Which yeah, and can, I you, think, can be hard because for a lot of us, that's, it could be a big part of your life. Right. And I do think that's why we do this stuff in com in community. You know, I mean, systematic ecology. We're hoping to we're we're forming a community around our hosts, uh, around the podcasts we're doing, and the, on social media and the conversations. We want to have super fun with this, but you know, we can also hold each other accountable and say, you, maybe will you're taking this a little too seriously? Maybe you should relax a little bit. It is just a story. It is just uh, science fiction. Uh, it's not real life. Um, I think these hold important places in our lives and, and the stories that we tell and how we process the stories in our own lives. Um, but, but yeah, to hold each other accountable in this is, is a good thing. Mm -hmm. Cause yeah, like I said, it, it can definitely be hard to just let go of something you've dedicated, you know, 40 years of your life to, but <laughs> you know, sometimes that's just what's best for you or do what I do. And just pretend your thing happened. <laughs> I love it. Like I, um, and 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 it really hit home for me with with the the sequel trilogy of of Star Wars. I I loved the Force Awakens. Uh, is one I I loved what they did and the mysteries they set up and the questions they they laid out there for us. And and again between that one and the Last Jedi, we were asking all kinds of questions and speculating of who is Ray, what's going on here, what does this mean? And then you know I had those expectations subverted with the Last Jedi. There's a lot of great things about that movie, but then. Um, there, there's things I was really disappointed about. And so after that movie, I was kind of like, you know what, Will, you need to probably chill, relax. And, and it was during that time that like movies like 
um, Solo came out and then Rise of Skywalker. And I went into the movie intentionally thinking, you know, I'm just going to have fun with this. It's just a movie. And I enjoyed it more. Yeah. Are those movies perfect? Nope. Uh, but uh, I had fun with them because I went in with different kind of expectations. And mm-hmm. and that's kind of translated into kind of all my fandom now with the comic books I read, the graphic novels, the TV shows I watch. If I don't like a TV show or a series, um, I say, you know what? I, life is too short. I don't have to keep watching this. I'll move on. Great. Someone put a lot of energy into this, uh, but I'm, I'm going to move on to another thing. God bless you and, and, and see what happens next. And not, not ripping a new one on social media or, or try to change what's already been done. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, actually, I started watching everything like that a couple of years ago uh, with just literally no expectations. Like I don't watch trailers. I don't look up leaks. None of that. I just hear the movies coming out. And if I'm interested, I go see it. Nice. And it's super effective. Yes. I, you know, the only movie it really didn't work for, for me so far is Rise of Skywalker. There you go. That was still pretty disappointing. (laughs) I hear you. I hear you. Maybe there'll be another series on systematic ecology where we kind of rank each trilogy. And I I think that has been done, but, but, or some of that stuff's been done, but you really, you know, talk about, I think it's an important conversation within within the the geekverse and the fan base and within fandom to like what do we do with our expectations and these stories that we love so much. I, I think is some how we how we handle ourselves and the witness we bear out in the world and message boards. I know I talk with my congregation that about that a lot. How, what's your posture and and how do you present yourself uh, within these spaces of of being a good witness to faith, a witness to Jesus? Um, and that that happens within within fandom as as well, mm-hmm. and I and I think Boba Fett can be that that figure or cautionary tale to think about you know what what do we feel about him what are our expectations and then he, he's got more story to be told uh, here coming up right around the corner in a few weeks and so um, how do we go into that show wanting to have fun um, but also. Uh, reflecting on what expectations we bring we bring to the table right it's super important to curb your enthusiasm sometimes uh i know it's it's fun to be excited for something and theory craft you know what's going to happen in the show which is kind of fun i have a friend who's a big theory crafter he does it for literally everything uh including our own D D campaign which is pretty funny because his brother is our dungeon master and sometimes he'll just look at him like hey stop talking right you could be right you could be wrong no he's he's been right before and he just gets that like hey i need you to be quiet look (laughs) (laughs) i that's the first time i've heard that phrase theory crafter that's that's pretty good and yeah people make big money on youtube uh fan reactions uh trailer reactions all, all that kind of stuff. You either trying to rile up your your fan base and get people excited about something, but also see your reaction. And and I get it. Um, mm-hmm. that, but I think we also do that with we could do that within politics. We do it within our faith. We do it in our churches. We do it with our whatever tribe we affiliate with. We try to rile up our 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 fan base or our tribe to to get to rally around something. And and that's not always the most healthy thing. So I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Boba Fett can be that character where we mm-hmm. think about what what's going on, and and we do encourage our listeners to go out and and explore the character. is is a lot of fun. Uh, he is a lot of fun, and and his journey of of how he emerged out of parade 
and then a holiday special, and then a, the most acclaimed, anticipated movie of all time, Empire Strikes Back, True. and then how how he kind of progressed through that to the prequels and into comic books and, and novels is, is, is quite the journey. And, um, but still I make the case like his helmet and his, his outfit, his armor is, is the coolest among all star, all sci-fi franchise. And, and you can at me anywhere on social media or on our website and, and challenge me on that. But I, yeah. he's still the coolest looking thing I've ever yeah. seen. I, I agree until Darth Revan is canon again. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a deep cut, a legend, Star Wars legend, deep cut. Yes. <laughs> then we'll talk. Yeah. Everyone right now listening are pausing and then they're going to go to Wikipedia and they're looking up to see what Darth Revan looks like. Yeah. He looks awesome. Now, he looks pretty similar to Boba Fett, honestly, because it's a Mandalorian helmet. He's got the hole, but it's an antique. Oof. So it's All different. Right. But uh, There you go. Well, this uh, we got a TV show coming up uh, pretty soon, Book of Boba Fett. A lot of hype around it. TJ, what are some of your um, hopeful but uh, curbed expectations about uh, this this uh Limited TV series. Yeah, I really just want to see Boba Fett do some cool stuff. That's it. I, I loved season two of The Mandalorian. Just, I just want to see him do cool stuff. It doesn't matter to me if he goes, you know, if he deals with some huts, deals with <laughs> Han Solo's ghost. Uh, you know, I'm he open to down literally any- He hunts down Han Solo's kids. That would be, that would be one. Hey. I'd watch that. Maybe but, that's why Ben is so jaded. He got frozen in carbonite too. You never know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have any expectations for the book of Boba Fett? Well, you know, I think what I really, I'm, I'm hoping to see, I'm trying to be open-minded, but I, I really want to do, and I, they did tease this in, in some of the trailers I, I saw is that how did he get out of the Sarlacc pit? How did he survive? Uh, who took care of him? We kind of know how he lost his armor there in the Mandalorian and then uh, who found it and then how he got it back. That was a cool story that, that they did. Now I want to see, I hope they do some flashbacks of, of how he was spit out of the Sarlacc pit or how he survived that. And then what brought him into healing and then what's the next stage. You know, I think, you know, before he was a notorious bounty hunter who was the most feared in the universe and, and a villain. You know, he worked for the Huts. He was he was a villain. I think now they're going to try and lean into kind of a more anti-hero. Maybe he's not as bad. Maybe he had maybe he was in that Sarlacc pit like we asked. And he asked, "What am I doing with my life? What have I done with my life? What what what, what can I do more <laughs> to be more fulfilled? Um, do I go out like this? Is this the end? You know?" And he had an awakening and an epiphany. Uh, but but I I, I want to see how he survived and and then take me on this journey of what his next stage is. I, the rumors are that this is kind of a one shot that they're not going to do like multiple series of the book of Boba Fett. This is just kind of his, his story within the the Mandalorian universe. Um, and that's fine, but, but who knows? Uh, he was supposed to have a movie. There was this kind of right when Disney got um, the Star Wars franchise, there was this rumor that, you know, he was going to have his own movie. Obi-Wan Kenobi was going to have his own movie. They were throwing out a bunch of ideas, you know, like spaghetti on the wall to see what sticks. And, and of course, all those things kind of fell by the, the wayside. But then I think they really um, 
they really struck gold when when they had the streaming service and the Mandalorian. And so to be able to put these in kind of a, a strung out, serialized TV show from week to week is a good avenue for this to tell a story. So yeah, it's a book. I want to see some more chapters. Oh, yeah. about with that. Let's see what chapter this has within the larger Mandalorian and Star Wars universe. Yeah, we are. Uh, we're finally at a place where we can get long form stories in ways other than movies. There you go. Yeah. yeah, but also we have a big budget. The miniseries is perfect for most Star Wars stories. So, yeah, and I'm curious. It, it, it's hard. I mean, they Mandalorian did it for a while, uh, but but they they went a good a good long while without showing any Jedi. You know, they leaned into it. Of course, we know what happens at the end of of season two. If you haven't seen it, go look. It's one of the best things that's happened in the Star Wars universe in a long time. The the yeah, season finale of season two of of the Mandalorian, but you know, it will will Boba Fett show um, some Jedi or or lean into that? Will will the the legend of Han Solo creep up again for him? Um, I think they're going to probably keep it underground. Will Ahsoka show up? Will will others show up? You know, who knows? Who knows where they go? But I'm I am open to see see what again and what they'll do and. I'm trying to keep my mind and heart open with the story they're going to tell. Right. Whatever it is, I'm watching it. Simple cool, cool. as that. Well, we, what we like to do at Systematic Ecology is tie in some scripture. And so as I, I was thinking about scripture for Boba Fett, you know, there's no scripture or stories of bounty hunters. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Um, I don't think there are any bounty hunters in the scriptures. We could we could deep dive that. But, but I... But I did find uh, a scripture verse, some some verses from everyone's favorite existential, existentialist existentialist book, Ecclesiastes. And so I'll start with chapter three in Ecclesiastes. There's a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silent, and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. And so. Boba Fett has lived all those and will live even more. The strong, silent type who didn't say a whole lot of words will have more words, but he was always that kind of silent type. And there's this other verse in chapter uh, 9, verse 17, that reads, The quiet words of the wise are more to be heeded than the shouting of a ruler of fools. That's right. There you go, TJ. Thoughts? I think if uh, if Boba Fett gets one sentence per episode of the book of Boba Fett, uh, I wouldn't be that mad. I think it'd fit pretty well. There you go. Like he really embodies that idea that when he talks, you should listen. A man, a few words. And so the words that are spoken, you should probably listen. Yeah, I think the scriptures, you know, Ecclesiastes and Proverbs talks about, you know, the this kind of deeper wisdom. Uh, yeah, Ecclesiastes is more uh, wrestles with those existential questions of what am I doing with my life? Does it matter or not? Um, there's a time and place for everything. Uh, Proverbs leans into to what what is true wisdom and what does that look like in the world? And and I think we could probably learn from that in terms of uh, being more mindful and intentional of the words we use rather than spewing out whatever comes to our mind and heart or trying to be the first comment in every chat board uh, back to toxic fandom and kind of what that means around these franchises and, and what we geek out on. So, so perhaps we 
could take some wisdom from the scriptures about maybe maybe thinking before we speak uh, that that silence and and stillness uh, God tends to talk tends to favor that, uh, moves it within that space of, of silence and, and stillness there, there God shows up and that we should think through, uh, the words we use when we're out in public and public spaces and especially on social media. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, a wise man once said, uh, real G's move in silence like lasagna. And, uh, that's stuck with me ever since. Uh, there you go. There's the quote, put that up there. Yeah. yeah. I said, Make a poster of that and hang it above my door and I'll slap it when I leave every day. I'm almost positive you already can buy a poster that says that. Like, there's no way you can't. This guy right. exists. Um, again, another something I'm going to search for when this is done. I'll yeah. Google it and see what I can find. Right. But good, uh, good stuff. Well, well, TJ, do you have any recommendations um, out there for folks as uh, we move into the holiday season, the Christmas season, post Christmas? Uh, you know, there are a lot of great movies and um, shows that are going to come out in, in the new year. What are, what are you recommending? What are you hopeful for? What are you reading or watching these days? So, uh, I'm not recommending anything new. Uh, I am highly recommending that everyone go watch the three Star Wars movies that the least people have seen. That is the Christmas special, the holiday special. Oh boy. Yeah. And both Ewok movies. Oh, which are on Disney plus, which are on Disney plus. I tried super hard to get through those TJ. I really, really did. And I may have gotten three, fours through both of them. Yeah. Go watch the battle for Endor. And uh, Caravan for Courage, or Caravan of Courage. Mm-hmm. You just gotta. It's like the one leg up you can get on other Star Wars fans is that you were able to actually watch them. And also, I don't think they're that bad. I mean, they're bad. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but they're not that bad. No. Yeah, you know, there's some history there with Ewoks. You know, I, I think the legend has it is that at first they're kind of like Boba Fett. The the history, you know, you'll find out on on that special Boba Fett that they created this armor and they were, Boba Fett was supposed to be like this legion and host of a different kind of stormtrooper that was going to be unleashed in the Star Wars universe. But, but they realized it was really hard to make that armor and really expensive. And so George Lucas was like, let's just make them one. One person, that's it. It's like, cool. All right. Then he becomes Boba Fett, which isn't a bad change. Well, legend has it that uh, Return of the Jedi, all the Ewoks were supposed to be like a bunch of Wookiees. Uh, but then they're like, you know, that's kind of expensive with all those costumes. And, you know, we're trying to sell plush toys. And so let's make some cute teddy bears and, and that'll resonate with kids. And yeah. so, again, toxic fandom, like, man, how cool would it have been if there had just been a whole plan of Wookiees that's been unleashed but then there's that kind of thing where the smallest and the and the least and the insignificant end up beating the powerful and the empire. You know, the Ewoks being smaller and not as technolo- technological advanced as the empire um, win the day. So there's something to be said for that, too. And then, you know, the prequel trilogy did give us Kashyyyk. So we, we did get our plan of Wookiees. We did. We did. And it cost a lot less money than it would have than just making all of the Wookiee heads and that's it. <laughs> exactly. Putting shag rugs on them. 
Well, my recommendation is uh, if you haven't done so already, Marvel uh, relaunched Star Wars comics uh, a few years back. They they acquired when they acquired when Disney acquired um, Star Wars. They you know they are also under the banner of Marvel too. They acquired Marvel too. So so Disney and acquiring Star Wars. They linked Marvel and Star Wars back together before Star Wars were under Dark, Dark Horse Comics. And it's lots of cool stories within the Dark Horse line. Uh, but when Marvel got Star Wars back, they relaunched with um, uh, my, one of my favorite comic book authors, Jason Aaron, and my probably my all-time favorite comic book artist, John Cassidy. They, they relaunched Star Wars on the Marvel line. And so I highly recommend you read those first couple of story arcs. Super fun, uh, really action packed. It falls in the timeline between A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back. So, so right after A New Hope, it kind of picks up with the story. Uh, Darth doesn't even know who Luke is, but he's on the hunt. He's obsessed with finding out who he is, and, and it's really fun. And I will say, in in uh, on issue four, the the final page cliffhanger is a big shot of. Boba Fett. That looks super cool. And then in issue five and six, you see how Boba Fett plays into the story of the Star Wars universe uh, before Empire Strikes Back, at least in the Marvel comics. Really good art. Uh, Boba Fett is true to character. All the characters in there are really, really good. So I highly recommend you pick up Jason Aaron and John Cassidy's Marvel Star Wars run. Uh, You will not be disappointed. All right. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, if you're, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, please share it on Facebook, share it with a friend, share it with an enemy. Uh, you know, that's the Christian thing to do. But uh, if you, even if they're a bounty hunter, hunt you down to Frisian carbonite, you can share it with them too. Oh, yeah. If you know Dog the Bounty Hunter personally, please <laughs> share the podcast with them. That's right. Uh, but if you like what we do here, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Systematic Ecology. Uh, you can also check us out at systematicecology.org. Uh, Will, uh, where can they find you if they just want more of you? Hey, yeah, you can find me through the Systematic Ecology website. We also have some uh, a Facebook group and we're on Instagram. Um, we also have a uh, a priesthood of geeks page group page on on facebook i'm on on facebook and twitter and instagram that if you wanted to reach out and ask some questions or um have a discussion or debate about star wars i'd i'd love to be in that conversation with you all right and uh, if you want more of me uh, i am not a very social media active person uh, but if you hit me up on instagram at manifinesse.destiny that's m-a-n-i-f-i-n-e-s-s-e dot (laughs) d-e-s-t-i-n-y they're going to hit that 15 second rewind to to, to hear that over and over again yeah but uh, and one day you have to tell us the story of how you got that that name I will but uh, or you could whatever app you're on now just hop over to the whole church podcast and check me out there and always remember We are a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. T.
TJ, do you remember what the final uh, like send off phrase is of "We're a kingdom of yeah, priests"? Uh, we uh, always remember we are. Hold on, a geekdom, a geekdom of priests, a geekdom of priests. Is that the whole thing? I feel like there's more. I don't know. Let me find it. You it's could true. do uh, "Attack of the Clones" music, you know, at the end, um, a lightsaber blazing. A, a seismic blast like they had in Attack, which is oh, the yeah. coolest sound in the history of Star Wars. Easily. We didn't even mention that. Easily the best. I hope they show. I didn't share that in the in the episode. We should, um, you know, they need a seismic blast in that that Boba Fett. Oh yeah. I, I now have one expectation for the book of Boba Fett. I want to okay. see more seismic charges. Seismic charges. There you go. All right. Oh man, you can find that sound effect, Joshua. Throw it in there at the end. This was an Amazon Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Amazon Ministries podcast network.